Saturday morning, words and coffee. Going to do a reading of D.H. Lawrence's Snake, and then come back with some comments. So here is D.H. Lawrence, Snake. A snake came to my water trough on a hot, hot day, and I in pajamas for the heat to drink there. In the deep, strange, scented shade of the great dark carob tree, I came down the steps with my pitcher, and must wait, must stand and wait, for there he was at the trough before me. He reached down from a fissure in the earth wall in the gloom, and trailed his yellow-brown slackness soft-bellied down over the edge of the stone trough, and rested his throat upon the stone bottom, and where the water had dripped from the tap, in a small clearness, he sipped, with his straight mouth, softly drank through his straight gums, into his slack long body, silently. Someone was before me at my water trough, and I, like a second comer, waiting. He lifted his head from his drinking as cattle do, and looked at me vaguely as drinking cattle do, and flickered his forked tongue from his lips, and mused a moment, and stooped and drank a little more. Being earth-brown, earth-golden from the burning bowels of the earth, on the day of Sicilian July, with Etna smoking. The voice of my education said to me that he must be killed, for in Sicily the black-black snakes are innocent, the gold are venomous. And voices in me said, if you were a man, you would take a stick and break him now, and finish him off. But I must confess how I liked him, how glad I was he had come like a guest in quiet, to drink at my water trough, and depart peaceful, pacified, and thankless, into the burning bowels of the earth. Was it cowardice that I dared not kill him? Was it perversity that I longed to talk to him? Was it humility to feel so honored? I felt so honored. And yet those voices, if you were not afraid, you would kill him. And truly I was afraid. I was most afraid. But even so, honored still more that he should seek my hospitality from out the dark door of the secret earth. He drank enough, and lifted his head dreamily, as one who is drunken, and flickered his tongue like a forked knight on the air so black, seeming to lick his lips, and looked around like a god, unseeing into the air, and slowly turned his head, and slowly, very slowly, as if thrice a dream, proceeded to draw his slow length curving round, and climb again the broken bank of my wall face. And as he put his head into that dreadful hole, and as he slowly drew up, snake-easing his shoulders, and entered farther, a sort of horror, a sort of protest against his withdrawing into that horrid black hole, deliberately going into the blackness, and slowly drawing himself after, overcame me now that his back was turned. I looked round, I put down my pitcher, I picked up a clumsy log and threw it at the water trough with a clatter. I think it did not hit him. But suddenly that part of him that was left behind convulsed in an undignified haste, writhed like lightning, and was gone, into the black hole, the earth-lipped fissure in the wall front, at which, in the intense still noon, I stared with fascination, and immediately I regretted it. I thought how paltry, how vulgar, what a mean act. I despised myself and the voices of my accursed human education. And I thought of the albatross. 
and I wished he would come back, my snake. For he seemed to me again like a king, like a king in exile, uncrowned in the underworld, now due to be crowned again. And so I missed my chance with one of the lords of life, and I have something to expiate. A pettiness. And that is D.H. Lawrence's Snake, a favorite poem of mine has been since I had to read it many moons ago. It was part of a curriculum. I hadn't come across it until it was part of a curriculum in university. And I uh, fell in love with it immediately. I don't know why I hadn't seen it before, because I was actually quite a big poetry fan, uh, even in elementary school and high school, but not through the curriculum. My dad always had books of poetry around. He was a big uh, poetry and literature fan, and I used to pick them up now and then. Snake, I think, maybe it was too long (laughs) when I first saw it when I was in elementary school, although that didn't really scare me because I remember finding like books like The Old Man and the Sea and stuff lying around, and I would read that before even being in school. And uh, so I did well in English and stuff at school, but it was the the science and the math that <laughs> threatened to sink me. Anyway, uh, D.H. Lawrence's Snake. The one thing about D.H. Lawrence that I find fascinating and, and sometimes almost you know disappointing is his career uh, has been defined almost exclusively by his views on sexuality, most of it coming from the scandals around Lady Chatterley's lover, which went through um, obscenity trials. Uh, the first big one, I believe, was in uh, Britain, and the next was in the United States. I don't think there was a trial in the United States, I can't recall, but there was controversy about publishing Ladies Chatter- Lady Chatterley's Lover in Toto, and eventually it was published uncensored after the trial in the United Kingdom, um, which opened the door for a lot of, bo- for a lot of books not to be uh, censored. It really did a lot for free speech uh, in Britain and obliquely in the United States and other places. It was also banned, I believe. The book was banned or at least edited heavily in Australia and Canada. And if you're curious why, it does go, it, it has sexuality. Lady Chatterley's Lover does have sexuality in it, but it also has like the F word and, and worse words than that. Um, and so it was deemed inappropriate. But anyway, uh, this isn't really supposed to be a talk about. Lady Chatterley's Lover, but the point is, uh, now that I've finally gotten to it, is that D.H. Lawrence has a ton of uh, poetry and other work, prose, that doesn't concentrate on sexuality, and it doesn't really fit what people think of as D.H. Lawrence now, especially after Hollywood got a hold of him and started uh, doing some things based on his work, or at least his name would come up, and he was, to me, he's almost become synonymous with Freud to a lot of people. When his name is mentioned, it's instantly the titillating parts of his life and career. I find his stuff, his poetry, um, dealing with nature to be quite beautiful. Um, and, you know, the, his art is, uh, is apparent, you know, in the first couple of stanzas of anything that I read of his. And what I really like is that he's very much a narrative uh, poet and a narrative writer, and that is he doesn't spend a lot of time describing feelings about things. He just talks about what something is doing, and from that you get the emotion. And so, for instance, I like the part here where he says, he lifted his head from his drinking as cattle do and looked at me vaguely as drinking cattle do. 
and I like that a lot, that simile of the cattle. We can instantly see what he's talking about. Um, he's got here and flickered his two-forked tongue from his lips and mused a moment and stooped and drank a little more, and we can see all of that, and I really like that a lot, that it's not just, you know, he doesn't turn the snake into some supernatural being almost. It's It's purely descriptive and you feel like you're there and you feel like he's been there and indeed he did spend time in Italy I don't know if he actually saw a snake and I don't know if he ever threw a stick at it um, but it, it is a great story I like a little bit of education that he gives as well with uh, the, the description of you know the golden snakes are this and the black snakes are that the harmless versus the venomous and you've also got uh, on the day of Sicilian July with Etna smoking and that's of course Mount Etna which is still a live, um, a live volcano in Italy, and uh, it kills people <laughs> that venture up it once in a while. Um, it does erupt, not with massive, you know, Mount Vesuvius type explosions, at least not recently, but enough that it can uh, send ash and, and stuff and rocks into the sky uh, or tumbling down the hill. Uh, the final note about this poem for me is I, I had a similar experience in South Africa, um, it's not a very appealing story. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I lifted a garbage, I saw these ants coming out of a garbage can beside a house and they were coming down the garbage can and across a stone walkway, back up a brick wall face and then into a hole. And there were hundreds of them, but they were of course like ants are, they're single file soldiers. And they were each carrying something, and I wasn't sure what it was, so I got closer, and I, I saw that they were maggots that these ants were each carrying, quite large ones, at least as large as the ant itself. They were large ants, and then there were these maggots that they were carrying, and they were coming from this garbage can. So, of course, I lifted the lid, and you can imagine what I saw in there. And each ant was carrying a maggot from inside the garbage can down the garbage can itself and then across the stone wall up the wall face and then into like dh lawrence describes this black hole this horrid black hole and the maggots were writhing as they're being carried and i watched this for a couple of minutes and it was incredibly disturbing and educational at the same time and it it, it really brought you now here i am like a god above this watching this and they don't care of course right they just go about their business and this was like life playing out as as only life can life and death and it really disturbed me to think of these uh, maggots these living things being carried to their doom into this black hole god knows what's going to happen to them down there and that stayed with me for a long time <laughs> and it it reminded me of snake D.H. Lawrence's poem and so whenever I read it I, I vividly recall what it's like to see a living being going into that hole and wondering you know what goes on down there and not even really wanting to know what goes on down there and that is life at its most base and it goes on daily around the planet millions of times and of course we go about our own business and worry about so many other things that we think are important and then you see something like that that really brings life and death home and what and what happens in life, you know, with the uh, what we think of as the smaller creatures. So that is D.H. Lawrence Snake, and I hope to see you again soon on Saturday Morning Words and Coffee.